Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. What I see happening here is what happened back in the Harris days, which is it was a download to municipalities. They didn't want to increase taxes, uh, so they forced actually municipalities to increase their taxes and or reduce their services. I didn't hear the mayor arguing when he was in my office, and he wanted uh, to spend $1.2 billion on on an LRT, which we approved uh, in Hamilton. So it's it's okay when they want the money. We struggle over a million dollars every year at the end of budget time to try and get to, you know, a number that uh, keeps us at or below inflation and at the same time continues to provide the services that are out there. I don't know where he was in the, during the provincial election, but that was our message. We were going to reduce the size and cost of government. We made it very clear. Tug of war brewing here. That's our leadoff on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. The verbal tug of war continues between the city of Hamilton and the Doug Ford government. City Council voting last night to ask the province to delay any funding cuts or restructuring of health units until at least 2020 in order to allow for public consultation. This follows Premier Doug Ford's call for municipalities to cut their budgets in year by 4%. Don't forget, councillors over the last few months had been deliberating, deciding, debating what to cut, what to keep, how the city's budget should look. Mayor Fred Eisenberger saying that would result in tax hikes and service cuts and shows a lack of consideration for municipal budgets, noting that, quote, we struggle over a million dollars every year at the end of budget time to try to get to a number that keeps us at or below inflation. Let's bring in our first guest here on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Chad Collins is the city councillor for Ward Number 5, and he joins us now. Chad, good morning. Good morning, Rick. Well, my best guess is uh, your request to the provincial government to say, hey, you know, let's pump the brakes until 2020 uh, is probably going to be denied. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't have a crystal ball, but I think that's a great assessment in terms of where we're headed with this. And and I think we had a very good uh, discussion last night in terms of the importance of pushing the pause button, Rick. And, uh, you know, there are clearly financial implications for us. As was mentioned, we, we've already established our, our budget for the 219 calendar year. And the cuts uh, with public health and some of the other services that the province uh, has um, has affected, is we're looking at about a $9 million budget increase. And so that's about 1% on the uh, average uh, city tax bill and um you know we we've been down this road before um same um same party different government with uh, premier harris and i think last night's discussion centered around what recourse municipalities have and there really isn't much i mean from a political perspective we can certainly rail against some of these issues and we can ask for dialogue and with consultation and we haven't seen that in the first uh you know year or so within of their mandate they're just moving along uh, and making these decisions on the fly it seems and uh, and certainly there are there's no legal recourse for municipalities and if, you know if you remember back to the 90s we you know municipalities across ontario uh, complained about uh, the costs of downloading social housing to municipalities that's cost us tens of millions of dollars we're still struggling today to pay for housing ontario is the only province in canada that asks municipalities to pay for those costs, all the other jurisdictions. It's the uh, responsibility of the provincial government. And, of course, Rick, you know, there was all of the, the uh, I think, um, strife. Uh, that is probably the best description back in the 90s as it relates to the Harris government taking on teachers and the cuts to education, the Harris government taking on nurses and the, 
the cuts to to the healthcare system, and then of course we went through all those amalgamations across the province and um, and the downloading fight with the indigenous community. I mean, it it was a very rocky time in our province as it relates to the provincial government and their relationship with stakeholders across the board. And it seems like we're going down that same road here. And I think uh, Mayor Eisenberger made a great point last night. You know, with with the Harris government, we kind of knew where they were going with it because they had their common sense revolution document. They spelled all these things out. And when they were elected, and rightfully so by the the, um, residents of the province, um, they followed through with that. In this case, there is no document. And, you know, I just heard in your opening there, the Premier talking about what they stood for in the election. It was very vague. And they talked about themes, but there were no details attached to those themes. And so I think that's, you know, the precarious situation that we're in right now, where we're, we really have no recourse with some of these decisions. And, and uh, you know, the best we can do, I think, Rick, at this point is to educate the public in terms of what kinds of impacts these decisions will have on the community, not just here in Hamilton, but it seems across the province. Seems like, uh, A, it is a case of back to the future, hearkening back to the the Harris government uh, days. Uh, We also heard during the election campaign from uh, Premier Ford that, you know, they were looking to find $6 billion in efficiencies, but never along the line, really, did they say where they were going to be looking. We just knew, and they they said, you know, no jobs would be cut. They've Mm -hmm. obviously gone back on that. Um, Yeah. How frustrating is it, though, and it must be even more frustrating because this is being mandated after the budget has been put to bed? Yeah, there's really, you know, we're we're forced then to dip into reserves. You know, reserves are traditionally used for emergency situations. And, uh, you know, Bill and I have had good discussions in terms of we see some of the escarpment issues that we deal with unexpectedly during the spring months. We dip into those reserves because it's not something we had anticipated. And we use those in an emergency situation. And, and those reserves now will will be you know will be used to pay for these in-year uh, budget issues associated with what the province is is doing. Yep. So, I'll ask two questions here. What what mm-hmm. can be cut and what can't be cut? And I think the easier the easier one obviously is what can't be cut. What are the untouchables in the budget? Well, I mean, which the city is responsible for core services, and so we're you know it, it's. <laughs> It's a long process. We, we, as soon as we finish the budget process, we're starting the next one for the following year. So our staff are already looking ahead to 2020. Um, you know, for the, for the from the city's perspective, we tried to find efficiencies. So when you talk about, you know, are there any untouchables? I, I really don't think there are in terms of looking at service delivery improvements, whether it's with snow removal, whether it's with you know simply picking up the garbage or or cutting the grass. I mean, oftentimes we rely on technology in terms of finding those savings, and sometimes there are uh, staffing changes as a result. Uh, you know, we went through a, a restructuring process a number of years ago and, and streamlined some of our services, and so I would say that, you know, everything's under the microscope every single year. However, um, there are services where, where we are mandated to, to provide them, and that's from the provincial level. And so, as Councillor Marula likes to point out, there's there are some um, you know, services that we provide, many of them, that the, where the province says municipalities must provide these services. And so there's not a lot of wiggle room when it comes to police services, when it comes to some of the public health programs that are under the microscope right now. So there's not a lot of discretion for cities, and, and it'll mean that we're forced to make tough decisions. And tough decisions are something that we're certainly accustomed to dealing with when we deal with our own budget pressures. But when there's the shell game of the province saying, we're not paying for these things anymore, and now you're paying for them. 
um, it's an easy out for the province. Um, it means that they're not going down the same road that we're we're undertaking, and and and, uh, and the investigation that we're doing with our own budgets. For them, it's just passing those costs on to someone else. And I think, Rick, you know, the, when you look at provinces across the country, most of them try to generate wealth to pay for services and and find efficiencies, just as municipalities do. And it seems like this, you know, that concept is foreign to this government. And uh, I think it speaks to the the fact that they just don't have a plan. I think their concept of generating wealth is putting up signs that say we're open for business and changing license plates to reflect that. But apart from that, yeah, we we haven't seen any sort of plan to say how we are going to generate revenue in this province. We've heard that, Mm -hmm. you know, the province is bankrupt. We've got to make all these cuts. We've got to slay the deficit. But there's no, that that we've seen, there's no plan to say this is is how we're going to make money. Not as yet. And, And usually generating wealth. And, you know, when I, again, use municipalities as a comparison, we're trying to find ways in, in which to attract new business to the community um, in terms of filling up some of our industrial parks. We're trying to find ways in which to support local businesses so that they can expand their operation, create new jobs. And oftentimes when those things happen, there's new tax assessment for the city. And th- that new tax assessment then helps us pay for the services that our citizens rely on every day. Um, and, you know, we don't have the option of passing our costs on to someone else. The, the the alternative is obviously tax increases. And so it's always about finding a balance. And you referenced it at the opening of the show. You know, Hamilton has been in that cost of inflation, one and a half to 2% um, cost increases over the last number of years. And we've been one of the lowest in the province. And so I, I think it's incumbent on the, upon the province to go down that same road and um, and look for those efficiencies and, and try to, to grow the economy and, and increase their own revenues we have a couple more minutes here with Chad Collins, City Councilor, Ward Number 5 here in the City of Hamilton on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Rick in for Bill this week. Um, I had uh, Flambrook Lambrook uh, Conservative MPP Donna Skelly, a former Hamilton City Councilor, on the show yesterday to talk about this issue. And, and one of the items we discussed was, you know, the $7 million that the Ford government is providing municipalities to uh, have an, an auditor come in and look at the budget, go through it line by line. Um, what happens if that auditor comes back and says, all right, here's the areas you can cut. Uh, is there any sort of debate? I mean, what's the blueprint for this? Well, it sounds like they're, they're talking about our own budget process that we go through uh, almost, you know, on a monthly basis. And, and we're constantly looking at services right now, Rick, as you know, we're looking at our former HEC-5 facilities. We have those operations out to the private sector and we're looking for ways and means in which to offset the costs of providing those services, while at the same time possibly looking at new developments in the downtown. And so, undertaking, uh, sorry, uh, looking at our resources and our and our um, services that we deliver, it's not foreign to municipalities, and certainly not here in Hamilton. We we constantly undertake through our own auditor uh, service level investigations, as well as um, uh, other studies. To, to look at where there are efficiencies. And so what the province is proposing, I think, as Mayor Tory has uh, categorized it, is a public relations exercise. And um, so we won't stop doing those things. Uh, we're accustomed to doing them on an annual basis. And so for the province to come out and say that cities should start thinking about undertaking service delivery audits, is um, it's just it's a false narrative. Could this uh, issue expedite the process to at least look at possibly selling some city-owned facilities, whether it's First Ontario Centre, Hamilton Place, Kings Forest Golf Club? Yeah, those are discussions that we have every budget year. 
I mean, we, we have a couple of golf courses. We have long-term care facilities that some other municipalities don't have. Uh, there's always, uh, you know, people in the community who are asking us to look at privatization, and we've had some success and some failures down that road. Uh, so th- those are discussions that we have on a regular basis. I, I, I fail to understand how the province is going to assist with that when we know what our options are, and, and we take advantage of some of those options every single calendar year when we look at our own finances and our own budgets. So again, it's it's something that we're doing, and I would encourage the province to use that that fund or pot of money that they're proposing for municipalities to do the same at their level. Well, it sounds like you guys have a lot of work ahead of you. Uh, good luck. That's all I can say. And thanks for joining us today, Chad. Thanks, Rick. Chad Collins, City Councilor, Ward Number 5, as the Ford government uh, basically telling not only the city of Hamilton, uh, a handful, well, more, more than a handful of cities across the province, to uh, dig down even deeper in their budgets, which they've already passed, to find 4% more savings. Whew. I mean, this could be tough. Is the city able to find those savings without impacting services or taxes? I think the answer is no. I think there's going to be a ripple effect somewhere down the line. Is it going to speed up that decision-making process to say, you know what, maybe we should sell some city-owned services or buildings? We shall see. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.